What is up, Zero to Hear podcast fans? Welcome back to the show. On tonight's show, good friend of mine, realtor on our Garbadoom real estate team, Lucas McCann. This was an interesting episode. You're going to want to uh, stay tuned and listen to the whole thing. I'd love to hear your feedback after you listen to this. Talk a lot about the simulation theory and how I'm pretty curious about it right now. Uh, love to hear your feedback. Shoot us a review. We would love to hear from you. And please, please, please subscribe. Russell Wilson has to be the best quarterback in the league. Well, 100%. Just okay. doesn't have the right team behind him. So why didn't you get him in your fantasy league? Well, because you don't pick a quarterback number one. If you do, unfortunately, it's not going to be Russ in the fantasy league. Mm. You would take Mahomes. How if you're we... number one quarterback pick and you're the number, that's who you pick first, it's got to be Mahomes. How do we alter the fantasy score system to favor people that just win? What do you mean? People that just win, like Russ. He just wins games. Like his team sucks. Oh, I see what you're saying. And it sucked for five years. Yeah. But he just finds a way to get into the playoffs every year. I don't... I'm... I'm not very good at math. Should we derive our own... We should. ...system? Yeah. Just winners allowed. (laughs) Like we personally hand score each week? Yeah. Based on how we feel about the teams every week? Yeah. I'm in. Let's do it. So whoever's playing against the Seahawks is going to get negative points. Like it just... Yeah, and it's then obvious. Don't pick anyone you, that plays against the Seahawks that week. Yeah, if if your punter on the winning team, your team kicks a sixty-yard punt, you get a thousand points. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you so interested in the length of punts? I'm just saying, just because the Seahawks hacking. have a punter who can punt sixty. He's yards. unreal. I know. <laughs> How fun is he to watch? I can't wait to go see him live. He is weirdest the most... thing. Have you seen his YouTube videos? Nope. Oh my god. On punting? Have you not seen this guy? Well, I know who he is, yeah. He's like a rugby player who does he has nine He's an different Aussie, isn't he Aussie Rules? Aussie football? Rules. Yeah. He does he has nine different punts. Do you know this guy? I've never heard of this guy, no. He's played for the CX. Is this his third season, maybe? Second. Yeah, I think or third? it might be his second. Second. I think okay. second. He when he kicks, he hits the he hits the ground first. No, that's not true. It is true. No, that's not true. What do you mean? He can do that, but well, he, he can does do not it. punt like that normally. Yeah, so he can do this. Okay, but so you like know, he bounces the ball and then and kicks then kicks it? like yeah. a rugby player. But most okay, most um, punters have this big follow through, right? Yeah, so yeah. they like follow through way above mm-hmm. their head. He his is just it's like, like a, a half kick. Yeah, yeah it yeah. literally is a half yeah. kick. But he has the power behind it in the distance. Yeah. But he's got nine different kicks, so he can spin it backwards, spin it forward, spin it sideways. And then it's distance, and it's making sure he doesn't get knocked out by people coming at him. That's a different story. Right. What's his name? Dixon. Dixon. Or Dickinson. I I think it's Dixon. Dixon. Oh, my God. Hmm? We're doing this a disservice. Pretty sure it's Dixon. (laughs) Okay. Shit. It's Dixon. I'm 99% sure it's Dixon. I just swore on this. Can you boot me out? You can't swear. Carl, we're going to have to start over. Are we going to have to start the whole podcast over? Uh, it just depends <laughs> where I pick to start. <laughs> no, I'm, no, I meant like the entire Zero to Hear podcast. Rebrand? Yeah. Well, I think every episode. We do start. a PG brand or what? Um, 
my dad would not like that. I actually ran into my dad on the, well, it was Vinny's birthday. It was Vinny's birthday, so my dad oh, was Oh, that was Sunday? No. Sunday? Uh, Friday. Friday. And, uh, I can't remember what How happened. old's Vinny? Vinny's 39 now. Ooh. I remember 39. No, you're, thir- how old are you? I am 38. 39. You're 39? My big four is this year? Or in January. You're kidding. I won't be here, though. Where are you going? I don't know. Somewhere else. I'll be there. Sure. You can join. It might be Hawaii. In January? I, I haven't chosen where yet. I'm thinking about going to Jan- in, uh, going to Hawaii in January. There you go. You should come. What island? I think if we go, it's going to be Kauai. Because it's per- apparently it's pretty epic for what we like to do. Go hiking, running, mm-hmm. like outdoorsy stuff. And Talk then, to Jamie. He's been there a couple times. Yeah. So we've been looking right now at you can rent um, trucks with uh, the tents on top. And so you just go to the beaches and you can camp. But apparently it's illegal to sleep in your car in Hawaii, but you can sleep in a tent in Hawaii. So if you have a tent on top of your truck, you've hacked the system. I could be wrong. I guess you're not in the truck. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So you can put a tent in the bed of the truck, but you can't sleep in the bed of the truck. You can't sleep inside the vehicle of the truck. Oh, inside the vehicle. In the cab of the truck. That Apparently. probably just prevents like sketchy, sketchy people, I guess you know, so. stuff yeah. like that. I mean, you're in Hawaii. You've made How is it, it any there. different? I don't get it either. So I don't know. Maybe there's like, so preventing like conglomeration of like multiple cars and like, you know, people who don't have homes just like starting their own place. I don't know. Do most people that live on the street have cars though? I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> the plan is... <laughs> We'll go to Kauai, we spend four days camping, and then from Kauai we go to Maui or Oahu or Honolulu, and we have a fancy, you know, hotel and pool. That's how I'm going to bring in my big 4-0. If it's Hawaii. Is it might intimidating? Be, it might be south of France, might be Spain. I don't know yet. Oh, I'd like to go Are to Are you Scotland. nervous about turning 40? No. I've come to terms. I've always been the oldest one in every group, so keep talking. (laughs) (laughs) I just turned 30. So did Carl. Carl is like three weeks older than me, just for the record. What I can tell you is when you become 40, you won't remember what you did when you were 30. I don't remember 30. It's not true. I'm making that that up. I don't remember my 20s. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I remember my 20s. Dude, Some when you're 40, you're going to be dominating the world. Look at you right now. 30? Shit. Are you more excited to be 40 than you were to be 30? Like, Yeah, I think so. If you look back at it. In your situation it, that you are right now? Uh, yeah, because, I mean, when you turn 30, it's like 20s. Your 20s, you're just kind of just having fun and just living life. You don't really worry too much about your future and what's happening. I mean, some people are different than that, but I feel like that's what your 20s should be. It's just kind of getting out there and exploring and just having fun with it because that's what my 20s was. And I feel like that's what a lot of people's 20s was. So if I was to tell anybody, that's what you would do in your 20s. 30s, you kind of start figuring out, okay, I need to figure my stuff out. What am I going to do with my life? So I think 40s, like hitting 40s different because I have a different outlook on what my next decade of my life will be 
than when I was 30 and not knowing what the hell I was going to do for the next 10 years, if that makes sense. What's the difference? What's the outlook now? Well, I think the outlook is I have more of a, um, I have more of a bigger picture of what I wanted to do. When I was 30, I was still, I was still an actor. I was still serving tables. I didn't really know. I always knew I had that kind of like sales background, but I, I didn't know what I was going to do with the rest of my life. I know what I wanted to do, but I was having no luck at it. I had, I couldn't control my fate. I couldn't control anything. But now I feel like I've worked hard in the last few years to get to where I'm at. And I feel like if I keep working the same pace same, and keep having the same focus and work hard again, it's, 40s is going to be a, a little different because I can start controlling the outcome. And by controlling the outcome is like, for us and what we do in our industry is if you work hard, good things will come. Because if you just are lazy and wait for things to happen. I call it creating your own freedom. Yeah, true. I think so. Sacrificing short-term to have options long-term. Well, and that's, the th that's ultimately that's what I'm trying to, that's what people don't understand is that, and this is what Gary Vee talks about all the time, Everybody's, a lot of people are focused on the short term. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Whether it's your life or it's your career, it's a marathon. But when you start setting yourself up for the marathon, then those little sprints along the way just feel so much better. I feel like the people who are turning 40, 50 or whatever yeah. that haven't set themselves up earlier are the ones that hate life or hate, hate turning this <clears throat> age. Hate, you know. Totally. Well, yeah, I've, I've found that people that I've, People that I've seen getting older who aren't quite in that, in that headspace, mm -hmm. like if they hate what they're doing with their life, but they're content with doing it because they're afraid to change, I mean, you can't, you can't change their mind. Right. They want to go and do something with their life, but they're not doing it. So listen, like I can't be the one to tell you to go do something. You're not going to do it. Mm -hmm. But until you start doing it, and it's, it's just little steps. Just get out, try something new, whatever the case may be. Like... When, I, maybe it's just growing up I've, I've failed a thousand times so I, I'm okay to fail I'll just get up and do something else <laughs> it's always been like that I'm not, I'm not afraid of it but I think people are afraid of that mm -hmm. people are afraid to fail and people are also afraid to succeed it's a fear, there is a fear of success I don't get it but it's true maybe because you've never succeeded no, that was a cheap, <laughs> that was a cheap shot Sorry. that was a cheap shot I actually set you up on that one is that a little bit closer? Can you yeah, hear me or what? I want to throw a little bit of a left field pitch here. Uh, I know that analogy didn't make any sense, but. <laughs> left hook? What left sport? <laughs> you want to throw something out of the left field. Do you, I don't even know how to introduce this properly, but have you ever thought about the possibility of life being a simulation? Like this actually not happening? That someone's pulling the yeah, strings. I have. I actually have. I've, I've always grown up, and this is just weird you're saying this, is that I've actually had this, every once in a while I'll sit down and be like, it's really weird that I'm behind these eyes. Mm -hmm. like, I can't see me. You can't see yourself. And there's life and stuff going on around you. Mm -hmm. And if you really think about that it does blow my mind. Yeah, hundred percent. I've thought that. What do you think the chances are that we're in a simulation right now? Um, 
I think zero percent. Zero. No. You think there's no chance? I because okay. I don't. I don't know any difference to really think too deep on it. But I always thought about there's. A, I've always thought that you know what there's a reason why I'm here and I'm why why I'm behind these two eyes and I'm always trying to like find out why what what is it where am I what what is my reason for this but what about the idea that there is a million Lucas McCanns and you're just living in a different simulation each time well I can tell you that I know two other Lucas McCanns. <laughs> Not the same thing. <laughs> yeah, that's not what I'm talking about. You're talking like the multiverse theory, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. and there's bl- the black holes and you start getting into the multi... Yeah. The reason I want to talk about it, and I'll probably bring it up in a number of different different podcasts just to like get to people, yeah. different people's perspectives, is I've always thought, and there's been a bunch of situations in my life where I just kind of think about them afterwards and think like that's such a weird coincidence that that happens Mm -hmm. like why is that actually happening why are people that are in my life making those decisions and i've thought about like i've said these things before like i'm on a game show and i'm the one person that doesn't know what is actually happening everyone else around me is just playing a role is acting is you know whatever or it's is like controlled by show someone. and there's like somebody yeah. watching you and they know what happens the moment you open that door and you exactly. go outside somebody else walks out that door yeah yeah but i listened to a podcast the other day i don't know if you listen to this one the joe rogan one joe i can't rogan. remember who it was oh i forget the guy's name i'll have to look it up <laughs> it was fairly recently it was probably in the last like month or so anyway it was a scientist guy super intelligent dude who specializes in AI. Yeah. And they probably spent 45 minutes talking about this idea that life is a simulation. Yeah. And so a lot of Joe's point was why can't this be the first one? Like why can't this be the life where humanity is building all this technology where one day we get to a point where technology allows us to build our own simulation. Mhm. And then there will be millions in the future, millions and millions of versions of the simulation. And so the other guy's point is, the scientist guy's point was, um, think about it from a bigger perspective. Yeah. Pull yourself out of that and think, okay, there will there will only ever be one reality Yeah. where you live your life and technology advances and then we can build these simulations and then after that point, it will always only be simulations. So he's like, how do you not know that you're in the 999th simulation or the 1500th simulation or the 1 millionth simulation? He's like, so when you look at it that perspective, the probability of you being in the one reality out of millions and millions of options is pretty small. That's pretty cool. Right? It's pretty cool. So as the someone probability who, is probably the same as being a probability of being born, being a human being, mm-hmm. where if that was your one reality, yeah, and if this has been going on for millions of times, that's, I'm not opposed to thinking that that's actually a thing. I just like to say, I like to think that I'm in that one reality now because I like to try, I like to know that everything that I've been doing and memories that I have have actually been something that I've created along the way. 
but, but I'm not you, af- I'm not afraid to also think that this is a simulation because I I could completely get behind that for sure. Because that's what Joe says, yeah. and that's kind of his his thing is like, give me some sort of evidence that this is a simulation. And the guy's like, well, if I made a simulation, if I was the person in charge of the simulation, you wouldn't know what's happening, so you wouldn't have any evidence. No. And Joe's like, that doesn't make any sense to me. He's like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so it just kept going in circles. Yeah. But it's a super interesting thing to think about and yeah. kind of like chat out. Yeah. Because I've never had a conversation with someone about like an in-depth conversation with someone about it. But I've always had small feelings of like, this is way too weird mm-hmm. for someone to not just be programming this or mm-hmm. developing this type of situation around me kind of thing. I think the craziest part is I like to look at things that happen as signs. Like there's a reason the things are happening along the mm-hmm. way. So when things happen and you think it's a coincidence, you're kind of like, what the, is, did that, was that a coincidence? Was there a reason that that specific thing happened or that person I hadn't talked to in the last 10 years pops back into my life and then they show up in my Facebook feed, my Instagram feed, like they're mm-hmm. everywhere. I didn't, say anything mm-hmm. i didn't search them they just all of a sudden came back into my life but mm-hmm. why and so is that a simulation is that something like hey we're right. gonna it's just a new circle of this feed to get this program going to the next i don't know it's, in, it's crazy if you start thinking like in that. your simulation do you have free will or is everything like programmed well that's where the reality is that's right. where i'm trying to figure out is in your simulation do you have the concept to actually still control your reality in that simulation but how do you I, know if you're controlling well, well that's what i don't know right that's, that's the thing is i think about like I'm assuming that time moves slower in the simulation yeah. than outside. So like think about playing a video game or sorry, the time moves faster inside the simulation than outside. So think if you're playing a video game and you're building a city or something, you can do it in like an hour. Mm-hmm. Whereas like in real, well, reality, real life <laughs> takes 20, 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking of like if this is simulated. No. If there are people outside that are simulating us. Maybe there are like hundreds, thousands of different simulations that are happening all at the same time that we think we're involved in because we're in them. Mm. But they're happening in days or min- like minutes of the real reality. Do you know what I mean? I, well... I understand like a video what you're saying. Yeah, it's like playing game, right? Sims or exactly whatever the case may be. I'm just super disappointed in whoever's controlling my re- <laughs> my simulation that they didn't didn't make me a professional golfer or basketball player. Like what the fuck? So Carl, to answer <laughs> like, your question, I want to figure this out because that's an interesting perspective too. Is are you in control? And I think you think you're in control, but who knows? If it is a simulation, if we're in one of those million simulations versus the one reality, maybe that thing, person, whatever, who's controlling or started the simulation is putting pieces around you to push you into a certain direction, right? So you think like everyone around you is like essentially an avatar? So it's not the real version of someone, it's like some kind of computer copy? Are you asking me my opinion or like this guy's theory? This guy, a little bit of both. 
I say your opinion. I don't care about the guy's theory. I because this is actually if cool. you're if there's so many like simulations going on at once, yeah, where yeah. are the real people? So his point was like you could be a real person in the simulations, but you're in millions of different simulations. So right now, like I said, let's say in real time, there's a hundred thousand simulations that happen in one year because they're like a video game and they go so quickly. So I think I'm living whatever now, 30 years of my life, but it really is three minutes in real time. Mm. So you think if you die, you're just going to get unplugged and wake up or you just start over right? Start over in a different thing with like different yeah. people around you or different situations. But then, or but then you're always stuck in a simulation, right? You never get to truly experience the real. You. But you don't know. That's but you the don't thing. know, right? But who's the one? Right. And so, I see where you're coming right. from. You're wondering who is the one that does know. God. Well, who's right? the one playing the game? Okay. But that's what we, ke- he kept coming back to the scientist guy. I can't remember his name. Fuck. I'll have to look it up. Is it Sean Carroll? Is that the one? I think I can find it pretty quickly. He was the cosmologist and physics professor, specializing in dark energy. No, no, another guy. It was this was all on Nick Bostrom, Mm. Swedish philosopher at the University of Oxford, uh, known known for his work on existential risk, uh, Mm. human enhancement. Have you ever intelligent super intelligence? Yeah. Have you ever had the thought though? And this is morbid, but where you're like, because like Lindsay and I will go for big runs and hikes up mountains, and you know, these highest peaks ever. And you're just kind of looking over a cliff and you're just like, I jumped. Would I wake up? I've had that thought. Mm-hmm. Would I actually hit the ground or would I wake up to a new reality? Okay, I th- I think you should listen to this podcast because it's super. I listened to it twice. But have so you guys had that thought, or am I just yes, morbid? Hundred percent. No. I, would 100%. you so like? Would you be reborn or just? You well, I don't know. Like, I'm not saying I'm I'm suicidal. I'm right. not saying that. I'm just saying I've had that thought of like, you know what? Could I jump to that tree down there? Or if I just jumped, would, would just... my body shut off before I hit the ground? Like, does does God or whoever is controlling this? Be like, I don't want to give them that pain. You know, I, I just, I wonder, or did the people who do this and then they survive are like, oh shit, <laughs> that wasn't supposed to happen. So now he's got like minus 5% life, but he's surviving. Like, it's just, it's weird. I wonder. I've had that thought. I heard like when people are like, like close to death or whatever, they get a, like a high release of DMT. Have you heard of that? No. So it's almost like a psychedelic. So like what you were saying I wouldn't like. I wouldn't be surprised if you just I like don't it's know. just like something running through their yes. blood. That yeah, like, it's it's in everyone's body. Everyone has it, oh, but you okay. can also externally take it, and you just trip crazy. Really? It's the ayahuasca shit. That's it what, is? Have you heard of that? Yeah, like no. in Brazil and stuff. Yeah. No, yeah, you've never heard of ayahuasca. No, you gotta listen to more Joe Rogan. He talks about every second podcast. <laughs> okay, so is this a, is this a pill? Is this a no? Like it's a... they they process it from the bark of a tree, so it's kind of similar done to like cocaine, but it, it's called. Uh, DMT dimethyl tryptophan yeah and it's in all of our bodies and it's a it's a psychedelic and apparently like near near death situations or if you're close to dying your body just gets filled with it so I guess make the transfer over easier I don't know but like you said if you're falling maybe the stuff you know activates and you don't and that's what I wonder does it just like does it hit thank you I I 
But like the thing is, I'm open to all this stuff, and like mm-hmm. I know what my strengths are and my weaknesses are, and I'm open to hearing this stuff, and I'm open to be aware of this stuff. But I'm not open to like learning the like I really, chemistry I, and the science behind it. But I would love to listen to right. it and hear people's opinion on it because that's the drug cool. or simulation stuff. No, just in everything like <clears throat> this. Oh. What we're just talking right now, like Joe Rogan stuff. Joe Rogan's awesome what he talks mm-hmm. about, and he's mm-hmm. fucked because he does a shit ton of drugs and goes into like hyperbolic chambers and just floats mm-hmm. to go into a different mindset. He doesn't do that much though. No, but he has. I think he used to. Yeah. Which is crazy. But he just he, smokes his weed mind now goes, and goes into but the But for him to gummies. get into that, and that's so cool. Is like if you look at like. Have you ever done mushrooms? I have. Yeah. How was that? But I've done it and I've never been one to like, like I've done it a few times, but mm-hmm. I never got anything really out of it. I've always in my life, any drugs or alcohol, like alcohol is more my vice because I feel like I can control. Mm-hmm. What's going yeah. on? Yeah, and I like that better. And the intake too. Yeah, right? like I can. If you control- have three beers, you feel a little bit drunk. Yeah, yeah. And then you yeah. decide to have a fourth yeah. or fifth or yeah. not. Exactly. Whereas, like, so, if you take mushrooms, it's like zero to hundred, right? That's just it. And people like that. People like the trip of it and stuff. So I've done it a few times. I got no trip. Mm. Maybe it was bad mushrooms. I've done it a few times where I'm like barfing and hating life. Mm. And it's like, well, there's just not the right mushrooms. I don't know. And I'm just, I'm not in. Con- I don't like. Being not in control. It's, it's, not, it's even the same weed, with eh? weed. Like, yeah. I don't smoke weed. Yeah. Like, I don't, I just, I grew up, I smoked a ton of weed growing up as a kid and as a teenager. Mm-hmm. But then I was just like, I you know what? I hear that from a lot of people. Yeah. You just grew really? out of it, essentially. I yeah. just, I just grew out of it. It just wasn't my thing. Like, it just, I got to a point where I was like, you know what? It be, because the same thing is the intake. Like, I know that if I have a beer, mm-hmm. I can have another one, another one. I'm okay. I can control it, but I can get hammered and have fun and be like, take it to the next level mm-hmm. if I choose to, but I'm choosing to do it. I'm not basing that intake and that, letting that drug make that choice for me. Right. And I don't totally. like that. Totally. I like being a, being the one who makes that choice to get to that next level or to just calm down and just have, and just get comfortably numb. Mm-hmm. That's really what it's all about, especially with alcohol. It's just, just be comfortably numb yeah. and chill, maybe open up and just like see what's going on. I like that, but yeah, no, I've done it. You? Mushrooms once camping and it was fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so I've done mushrooms and yeah. then also what, tea? Have you done mushroom tea? No. Yeah, so they make it into a tea and then you put it in. Right. It's just different. Mm. And like, I don't know, maybe, maybe I got high out of it. Maybe I just got to put in like, I don't like this. Get this out. Right, like, right, right. But it affects everyone differently too, And that's right? just it. So yeah. I think you get to a point where, and it's like that with every drug probably, every drug. is yep. there's certain drugs that people really like and that's why they're They work better for you or worse or yeah. your receptors, all that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You? No. Mushrooms? You smoked weed like three or four times. Huh. I'd say you smoked weed three or four times. That's it. Yeah. Huh. I'd twice, say twice with me. That's a, different, that's a different age. Seventy five percent of them were with Carl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you're also you're thirty, so it's different. Like you're. you're it was age. just my upbringing was yeah. different, right? Yeah, exactly. My family was super conservative. Also, I was like crazy involved in sports, so uh, I was told by my crazy conservative family that like drugs are bad. They're gonna mm-hmm. hurt your athletic career. All this bullshit. So I just like didn't care. Yeah. I didn't, had no desire to do it. I didn't even drink till I was 18, till university. Yes, not me. <laughs> <laughs> I think I started my first drink, I was 14. Um, 
It was cider. It was peach cider. <laughs> I remember. And I got... Like a grower's I, peach cider? Yeah, it was grower's peach cider. That's embarrassing. Um, our friend <laughs> was had a four... His brother was four years older than him. So he had fake ID. And he was able... And he looked identical to him. <laughs> they looked identical. So he just had his brother's ID. He would go and buy us buy his booth 14 years old just walk in just like walk out with stuff like holy shit this worked he had his passport it was all like ragged and stuff but it looked like him <laughs> and they looked identical it was crazy but it was peach cider oh my god was i hating life the next day i don't even drink that stuff anymore all because of that one time what was, was it my first drinking experience yeah i think i was like 15 my parents were having a party upstairs and like the kids. It's we, usually parents because yeah. you have like, I'm we, in, yeah. We snuck down a bottle of Polish vodka. Fill it with Which water one? after or what? Zubrov, Zubrovka. What it was like the, bi- the bison grass is in it. Okay. Ooh, yeah. I know really that nice. Can we bring this to the next podcast? Is it available here? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It has it's grass like, in it, right? It's a single blade of yeah. grass. Yeah. You know, was, does that have a buffalo or yeah, something bison. on it? Bison. Bison, yeah. You know what's I've up. Seen it. You know what's I've seen up. It. Yeah, and that shit will sit you down. <laughs> and that was the first shit I've, I've drunk, and it was awful. Really? Yeah, it was crazy. That would be the greatest line that of shit all time on the Zero Year Podcast. <laughs> I want to take a picture of you saying that. Like, that shit will sit you down. Straight face, too, Carl. I want to well, hold on. Can we get shirts that say that shit will sit you down? It's just Carl, me yeah. mugging, big beard. That, that shit, shit will, will sit, sit you down. down. <laughs> That's like how it. you're gonna take this podcast the next level you're selling that shit will sit you down i'm into it you could trademark that tomorrow so we you should change the podcast name to this shit will sit you down and we'll just yeah. sip it throughout the episode and we'll see where we go <laughs> yeah <laughs> there you go what about you denny what was your first time uh v- 30 no Vinny's bachelor party went to seattle i was i think i was 15 i had one budweiser Fuck you, Vinny, for giving me Budweiser as my first beer. Uh, just choked it down, literally choked it down. And I'm like, no, I can't drink this anymore. It just tastes like garbage. And I then I didn't drink for another two years. Then next experience was grade 12 grad. And we went to Sam Chekka's house. <laughs> so you guys pre-drank? Where? Or for was grad? it after? Yeah. It was after grad, after? between grad and like the right. dry yeah, grad yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Really? Yeah, and I had one vodka cranberry, and then I think she gave everyone a Jagermom as we went out. Yes, Jagermom. I was like, I was super tipsy. Yeah, remember getting out of the limo at Drygrad, and I was like, they're not gonna let me in. Oh shit! Like fucking with my head, walking into the door. I'm like, okay, just take it easy. You're gonna be fine. They're gonna let you. It's gonna be fine. You're gonna get in. No problem. Just calm down. I used to go to every high school dance. This would have been up to uh, grade 10, grade 9. How old are you when you're 14, 15? You're 15 is grade 9, right? Maybe 10. Uh, 10, 9, 10. So every high school dance, I would go to my uncle's house, which was about four blocks from the high school dance from my school. Because I lived, like, in Victoria, I like, I went to Mount Doug, but I oh. lived out in Triangle Mountain. I don't know where Triangle Mountain is. So, where Belmont was, and it was, like, a, 
wasn't supposed to happen. Like if I lived out there, I was supposed to go to Belmont school, but I went to Mount Doug because I went to Richmond and Lansdowne and Mount Doug were all within the same catchment as I grew up. Mm. But then when I got into Mount Doug, we moved. And so Belmont started making this big fuss because of basketball that they wanted me to go to Belmont and I wanted to go to Mount Doug because Mount Doug was where my friends were going and that was the basketball school. <laughs> and they almost got me suspended and not letting me play basketball because Belmont <laughs> wanted me to play with them. So they were trying to throw this whole wrench in the system that I can't even play ball. So anyways, I, four, four, um, four blocks away from school is my uncle's house. And so every high school dance, I'd go to my uncle's house with a six pack of beer and I timed it. <laughs> if I had a beer every five to 10 minutes, just pound a beer, pound a beer. Every 10 minutes. Yeah. That's so I'm, I'm doing six beers within an hour. I'm not going to be too, I got myself to a point of like, I can have this and I can get to the dance. I'll get in. And then once I'm in, I'm like, <laughs> fuck, let's go party. <laughs> That's dance. Because you could, they would search you. You couldn't bring yeah. it in. So it was so like, how am I going to do this? This is when you were 15? Yeah. What beer were you drinking at that time? I don't know. What were the Lucky Lager, baby? I, I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't Lucky. No, it wasn't. Like, I wasn't. It probably was like Kokanee or something. Because this know. is like, what, 1974? Uh, 62. <laughs> <laughs> right before the war. Back in Marty. <laughs> No, I don't it's like what late eighties. Early nineties. Oh my god! I'm still god. bugging. I'm taking it easy. Holy okay, Christ. you were born in 1980. Yeah, so it was 94. All right, but it was still like fucking Canadian Budweiser and Lucky Lager. It was likely Canadian or or Cockney. It was would have been. It probably was Canadian. It was definitely a Budweiser. I just don't like Budweiser. I know. It tastes like shit. It's malty. Like, it's something that's just like, I just can't. It's rice. I can't. Is it, I don't know what it is. It's rice. Like shit. Why would Not you barley. drink that? Mm. I don't get no. it. No. It's done with rice? It's a, Yeah, it's made of rice. Instead of barley. Oh. Because rice fucks with me, and I always feel like shit after drinking Budweiser. Rice. Wow. Mm. Why does rice... I just... Because there's a lot, of, a lot of rice beers, and they've just... It just they don't settle in my stomach. I always just feel like oh. shit. I don't know. I Do you no think idea. the simulator put those rice beers in your life just to fuck with you? Holy fuck! So who do I email? <laughs> <laughs> you don't email anyone. They're listening right Buddha. now. They're like, oh shit! I'm plugging back it up. Back it up. Back it up. Buddha at Buddha dot com. <laughs> Do you believe in that shit? Have you ever thought about that? What like being that, a simulation? This is not. Real, I believe that more than like religion and stuff, I guess. No. Me too. I'm not super religious. Are you guys? I so I, I grew up was... I grew up Irish Catholic. Me too. We're both and Catholic. I'm yeah. black Irish, so like my family came straight from it's black Irish. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know what you know what black Irish is. Okay. Um, confusing. <laughs> so yeah, we I got to a point where I feel like it was maybe, well, my parents got divorced. So it was like probably seven or eight. I just, that's when it like, <clears throat> shit just never happened anymore. So I, don't, I you try to be that guy. He's like, yeah, I'm going to go to mass at Christmas. And yeah. Be that one guy who goes every Christmas. But it's not my thing. But I'm like you, it's more than religion, the higher power, what is it? Like, I believe in a higher power, but I'm not there to say that that's the guy who's going to control my life. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Religion has this whole, like, money-making kind of, you know, someone's, oh, yeah. someone's 
making money off especially of it. Especially kind of in thing. this, not this generation, but in the past generations you've seen, is especially Scientology and stuff, mm -hmm. you start seeing, okay, so there's a religion that you have to pay 10% of your income yeah, to, yeah. to like, to get to be a part of it. <laughs> and aliens come out of the fucking mountains. Like, what is going on right now? Is this actually a religion? That was my problem with Christianity, is one, you have to show up every Sunday and give them money. Yeah. Which, first of all, and congratulations to them because that's a phenomenal business. No, <laughs> yeah. no taxes. They and fucking own a country yeah. with no debt. And they've created this like um, tourism with it that people just come there and give them 150 bucks to walk through their fucking church. Yeah. Good for them. You know, Honestly, great business. Good for them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Second, most closed-minded people I've ever met in my entire life. And that is what really turned me off is... Yeah, there w it was either this way or the highway. Well, there wasn't options, right? There, no, exactly. It was like, when you're in this situation, you have to do this. You have to, mm -hmm. like, and it was to the point where I almost thought that it was a cult. And I thought that I was, like, being dragged into this thing, and I'm... Well, some would say it is, and you don't want to, oh, like, I tread on water, but, you know... Was this Catholic or Christian? Catholic, Catholic. Yeah. So that's what I didn't like Catholic about it. Too? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I didn't like about it is one great business, but no. it's a business, no. and if people don't understand that it is a business, someone is they're profiting. part of the cult. That's the reason it exists. Exactly. Well, that's just like I have nothing against it. Like, be religious. I think the idea behind it. Like, yeah. Sorry, but the philosophy, the idea to like, you know, their golden rule shit of like treat people the way you want to be treated. It's a good way to live your life, mm -hmm. but you don't need to be part of this no. business <laughs> to no. like to treat people nicely. I heard like like in the medieval ages, like people would just kill each other, do whatever, right? So religion was kind of brought exactly. in just so you have a little bit of a moral code, right? So it kind of introduces mm -hmm. right and wrong. But then, right, like these days, like I just we don't need it. It's just you know, there's so much more behind it that. You don't get out of it. Totally. Because there's things like the internet and social media where if you do something really poorly, mm -hmm. it's not hidden anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird because maybe just maybe just the way I've been brought up or maybe because we're Canadian and it's like you kind of want to tread on some water. Like, you know, some people that are super religious and I love them and. Do you though? It's you're, just not my thing. Your age? Do you know people that are super religious? I do. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah I do. I do know people who are, they go every week, mm -hmm. and it's their thing. And but they don't bring it on you as like, right. hey, they you need to. Like they still, like you're still a part of their life. Mm -hmm. And it's just that's what brings them down to to being. I don't know what it is. It's for me, I'd rather run in the trails yeah, to get 100%. my release and, yeah, and exactly. bring my mind down and, and be more like more with the earth or whatever the case is. Just to clear my mind in my rights or wrongs or whatever the case is, that's where I go. But some people want to go and have that and and, and the whole community kind of thing. And, and some people want that, and that's mm -hmm. that's fine. I have right. nothing against that, but just don't push it on me. Is that what it is? Is it feeling like you're part of something bigger so. than you? Yeah, especially when you're like an adult working two jobs, you don't have much time to go out and meet people, right? So you just go to church every Sunday. You have your friends, and yeah, yeah, it's it's just a a network. Yeah, of maybe things. being in a, like Vancouver's not a big city, but like a bigger city for Canada. Maybe we're just surrounded by people, so we don't need that kind of stuff anymore. 
I get and like the internet and all that stuff. It's just so much information mm-hmm. out there. You kind of compare religions and you just, I don't know. I think I think it is a big thing though, being in like Vancouver or Toronto or Montreal. Maybe if you're in a small city, if you're in, in a the middle small of like city, I mean, like you're not going to because everyone's thinking the same way, right? You're yeah. not exposed to these other things. Yeah, right? I mean that's where you're going. It's like going to the golf club and you're gonna go golfing every Monday. Well, every Sunday you're gonna go to church and like it's just it's a way of life. Mm. It's a little different, especially probably for some of the small town Americas and stuff. Totally, football's life on one day. Yeah church's life on the next day like it's just but i mean for a city like this it's so different it's so it's much so multicultural culture. too like yeah. it's crazy you walk outside and everybody's got their own thing going on everybody do you old. know many people our age that are super religious the only because i'm that trying are, to think of one that's what i'm I, saying I'm, the only people I'm that hard. are religious are doing it for their parents or for some family member yeah, yeah. i've like People that are just fully invested. It's a but maybe if you look at this right now, that's the difference between me being 10 years older. Right. And I yeah. have a, a, a group of friends who are, but I'm not involved in that. Like, I'm still great friends with them, and obviously, and, and we hang out, but they don't bring me into that. But I know they are. They're super religious. Mm-hmm. They're going every Sunday. They're doing their thing. But maybe they're doing it for their friends or for their family. But you guys might be at that generation that's starting to really pull back and totally. say, you know what, I'm just not, I'm too busy. That's well, like have, my brother is 40. Yeah. And, well, he has six children, so obviously. He has he can six s- kids? Hold on. Yeah, you're behind the eight-ball here. <laughs> <laughs> Vinny has eight kids. <laughs> no, Tim, Tim. Oh. Tim. Tim's much more religious than Vinny. Jesus. Um, but he's pretty religious. He still yeah, goes to but, church. Hold on. I'm behind the eight-ball? In terms of number of children compared to Tim, yes. Who says I have to have eight <laughs> children or 20 children? God, I don't know. <laughs> the, anyway. the master simulator has chosen me not to have one at this moment in time. The master simulator has chosen me to confront you on this issue. <laughs> Wait, so whose simulation are we in here? <laughs> I don't know. Joe Rogan's, I guess. Yeah. I feel like this whole podcast is just going to come back to the simulation <laughs> yeah. at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Everything I said didn't come from me. It came from the simulator <laughs> above. Maybe I'm a robot. Who knows? Anyway. Religion. Religion. <laughs> we just went religious. Should we move on, Lucas? We should move on. Where are we going? Mm-hmm. Before we get too religious. I still have simulation questions, but I feel sure. like they can come up as we move okay, along. Done. Sure. Real estate. It's easy to bring simulation into real estate because there's a lot of things that confuse the fuck out of me in real estate. Especially now. 2019, it's a much slower year. Okay, yeah. So it's a much slower year. Yet I've taken a step back and I looked at it and I'm actually having a better year this year than I had last year. Even though it's a slower year, Number per of se. Sales, sure. Um, but it's really tested my patience. It's tested. Why is that? I Hold on. Is the slower year testing your patience or is the person running the simulation testing your patience? I think the person running the simulation has decided to see how much patience I may have <laughs> in a slower market. <laughs> Honestly, Carl, I would love to hear your opinion because I don't think we got much of yours. But I think it's a legitimate option. And when you hear these like super intelligent scientists on Joe Rogan's podcast talk about, sure, this could be the reality, could. It's an option, 
But if it's not, there's millions of simulations. And when you look at the probability of being the one reality yeah, versus that, millions of simulations, the probability is pretty low. Yeah. That was his whole point. So, like, does he think, like, I'm so, so is there, like, you said there's multiple universe, universes, right? And they're all separate from each other? And there's, an, like, an individual simulation in each one, essentially? So, basically, the idea, and again, I'm guessing a little bit based on my uneducated version of listening to this pod, guy's podcast, because he's way smarter than me, is that at one point in time, there's a reality where... Humanity gets so smart where we build this technology and we each are able to build our own simulations. But like my thing is, even if that's the case, you still have to be born, right? You're still a baby. So what happens in that time before you get plugged into the simulation? Or is that also a simulation? But you don't know that you were born. Like, yeah, but that's the thing. You don't thing. have any rem- like, you don't your rem- memory well, starts when you, you went four. Yeah. Maybe. You probably don't have any memories from when you're before four or five. So you think you're plugged in before the memories start? I don't know. Well, maybe what the moment you're plugged in is the moment the memories start. But maybe it's a, th- but maybe it's a thing where like you're like, okay, I want Lucas and Lindsay to meet, and they're gonna have a family, and they're gonna do this thing, and he's gonna be a realtor, blah blah blah. I don't like when shit's planned out for you like that though. Tour. But then why why apply yourself if if your whole future is planned out for you? Say that again. Why apply yourself if? If every single step for your future is you plan okay, but, no, but take, no, hold, hold on. on. I have a <laughs> Carl gets to decide who goes first. Yeah. Lucas. Damn it. <laughs> what you're saying right now means that we may be in a position right now where we're hacking the system. So, so we're self-aware. So we're self-aware mm-hmm. that we may be in a simulation that now we're ready to start hacking that system because we know what's happening. Not everybody's like this. And it's the same thing. You walk downtown, you go, like you, especially in a city like Vancouver, everybody's got somewhere to go and they're late. And they're all doing the stuff. You probably see the same person day in and day out. I know I go to Orange Theory every Monday at 7.30 is the exact same 16 people. I'm like, holy shit. Is this the Truman Show? But you're one of the 16 people. I know. But in my mind, I'm like, <laughs> but in my mind, I'm like, well, maybe I should do 6.30 next time to switch it up. So or like, 8.30. There's like an urge. Coming from somewhere, right? I'm aware of of it, and you're aware of it. Mm -hmm. But you may be the one of, or we may be the three of the billion that are aware of it. Hence the simulation. You go. I lost my thought. (laughs) Well, what were you saying? I I don't even remember. You were just saying that you're being super aware, and not right because like. I was saying, like, if if your future is completely planned for you step by step, then why? What's the point of applying yourself? Or yeah, your... that's what you're right. But w- pull yourself a slightly farther back and think, maybe if technology is so much more advanced than we think it is currently, mm-hmm. what's to say that whoever's running this simulation mm-hmm. isn't saying like, okay, Carl is going to be super motivated and work one job, but also want to do this podcast on the side. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to do multiple jobs at one time. Lucas is going to like be a real sales type person and he's going to like move through sales positions, blah, 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 blah. So it's not like every single step is planned for you, but like kind of like your makeup. It could be, right? Mm-hmm. Could so you- be that like we were, 
you and I were born super competitive and the person wanted us to right, go okay. through this athletic career and then move into these other positions. But then right? with our free will, we decided to put the work in, right? To get better and do all that stuff. But maybe the, like you could even take it a step farther yeah. back and say, maybe the free will was planted in you, right? Right? Like mm-hmm. what is what is to say that I'm more competitive than anyone, like anyone else I meet, which I believe I am. But like, yeah. why did I have that? Right. Why am I born with that? So you think someone just turned your competitive notch to an 11? I don't know. Maybe. Right. Just like, let you go. When you fucking build a team in Madden yeah. 2021, <laughs> you got of shit power, <laughs> 93, Marshawn Lynch, like <laughs> running, you know, like whatever. Right. Right. Russell Wilson throwing 99. So everyone has height, their strengths. 12. Their personality know? and the rest, you just go through life. I don't know. I'm, I'm saying... I've always thought it was an option. Multiple times I've thought this on my own of like, am I in some sort of game that someone is just pushing things at me to see how much I can take? And listening to this guy's podcast, yeah. he just pu- he just pulled it bigger, right? Yeah. So I thought I was in a game, like a little tiny game, like a game show on a TV, whereas he pulled it into like, there's an entire universe that someone is controlling a lot of pieces. Yeah. And then you were just kind of thrown into it and you're thrown into millions of them at the same time or in succession mm-hmm. and you react differently. And so you're living like multiple different lives. So from my open-mindedness now, <laughs> I feel like it's a legitimate option. And I don't know what the answer is. I would love to think this is reality and we're starting this and this is the first generation of podcasters ever but maybe this is like the million 27th yeah podcast generation right right i would like to think it is the first two only because i think we're open to the thought that that is a possibility and i don't think everybody is yet so you think we are the ones that are going to make this VR? I don't know. Like I honestly think like you see the you see the movies and you you see what's going on and where their people's minds trying to go and they're not quite there yet. But if this was the millionth time that this simulation has happened, you got to think that like there would have been that one person who's like super aware and came in and is like right. going to tell the world about how this is. But happening. I think you're diff- I think you're thinking differently than I think I, maybe, about it. Maybe so. I'm thinking that. The technology has got so good. So let's say we're not there. In our generation, in our simulation, whatever we're in right now, reality, whatever it is, our technology is not there where you can build simulations and have different worlds happening. But if they were a million years away from now and Lucas McCann has a million different simulations that he's controlling and Denny Dumas has a million different simulations that I'm controlling... No one in that simulation would be able to understand that there's a lot more out there than there is, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. I created it or you created it. So you're God, essentially. I don't to know if it's God own. or just like like well, we now have a small version of it in video games, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We yeah. create an NFL team or a world or whatever mm-hmm. that yeah. we control and we go through a life cycle or a season or whatever. Fuck. I just think it's extremely possible that this is not reality. This is not that one in a billion chance of being the first reality ever. Yeah. Especially when you look at like, I am not a scientist. I know very little about science. 
But when you look at like how ridiculously big the universe is and how many different solar systems there probably are that we don't even know anything it's about. Infinite. Right? No. We're this one little tiny no. speck on Earth. No, how many planets have world. we even been to? No, no if you, if you're, we been to, we've been to Mars, that's it? And the, the moon? And the moon. And the moon. Well, the moon's not a planet, but. Yeah. That's it. Everything's too far away. Right? So, we so what know. else is. Maybe there's fucking billions of uh, other different simulations on Saturn. Like, who knows? Do you believe in aliens? Or some kind of life? Well, form? What is, compl- yeah, other, other forms of life elsewhere? Mm. Yeah, 100%. Do you think there's. Like, but is that the simulation? Right? Is that the other hundreds of forms of life in other atmospheres or whatever you call them, universes? <laughs> that's what I was going for. Going big. Solar systems. Solar systems. There's there, this, what we have going on right here, has to be somewhere else mm-hmm. in the world, in the universe. 100% this is happening somewhere else where they have something else where they're not. They're, they're okay to go 80 stories instead of 60. I'm just joking. This has to be going on somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You don't think that? I think absolutely it has 100%. to. 100%. It has to. It has to. has to. And they're also start trying to search for people. It could be insane. Can you imagine but, the aliens if they finally find each other? They're just Jesus. other human beings. But maybe the they're just language? way technology technological like, advance just like we earth are. number two right like yeah exactly. exactly the same <laughs> we've all come the same way well done but maybe that other earth is a simulation that someone is running that I just has it. multiple earths and sure. multiple universes and multiple yeah. solar systems but there has I to can't be a wait source, for that day I, right? I, I actually really hope that that day comes in my lifetime do you th- okay but there's another question is do you think Let's say we maybe we're all pawns, right? Like, uh, if I die, yep. am I just going to show up in another simulation? Or I, am I going to, like, be at this godly level and be able to look down on everything and be like, oh, shit, there was 27,000 Earths? A reincarnation, right? Mm-hmm. I or am I going to come really, back as a cow? I really want to believe that, that I would come back as something else and that this just doesn't end. I, in my life, that's my mindset is that I will come what back. What if you come back so as what, like you, a you think fucking like dandelion or something? Souls well, whatever. are recycled. Then you're dead in a month and you come back to something else. <laughs> if fucking, whatever. If you, you're recreated, what does it matter in which form? Because you just keep going So it's almost next. like your soul is just going from form to form kind of thing? Well, I don't know. Or What's put the a simulation? Name on it? You tell me what the simulation is, Carl. <laughs> Maybe Carl's the controller of all this. Gotcha, bitch. I wouldn't be surprised. No way. He controls the podcast. All right. He controlled the moment you Maybe started this, is this conversation. Maybe this super slight way of telling me that I own your life, The bitch. sunset's having this perfect magic hour right now. <laughs> I got us all here. Yeah. I don't what know. Do you, Carl, just, what do you think? You haven't given us area. My thing is, like, yet. if you think it's I'm a simulation... Like, aren't you kind of just like thinking that the world is like revolving around you kind of thing? What about the rest of the to. 7 billion people? I actually used to. I used to think that like, because of the like Truman show and whatnot, right. but I used to actually think like, because you're behind your own eyes, right? And so all I mm-hmm. see is what I see. Everything I do in this room or whatever is just me. Right. And I used to think that everything behind me just would stop. There was no life, whatever. But that's not the case. It's not the case. Yeah. But you're, you started, 
I don't know if everybody had that thought process, but I'm like, well, what the fuck is the reason behind me? Why am I here? Why am I behind these two eyes? Why are my parents, my parents, why did I grow up there? Why did I come up here? Why did I go through what I went through? But now imagine guys like LeBron James or Brad Pitt or someone thinking the exact same thing, right? Yeah. Like someone at the peak, peak of their level. Yeah. Are we all would, just living in their simulation? I don't know. Or maybe they decided to take a super chance on the simulation because they were aware of like, fuck, this, situ- this simulation gave me something. Because yeah, I think like, I feel like every, in my mind, everybody has a God-given talent, mm-hmm. whether it's a God. You're good at, everyone's good at something. Everybody's good at something. But mm-hmm. like Gretzky somehow was given skates and, and a hockey stick. Right. He needed to put a shit ton of work into it, mm-hmm. but he became the best there ever was. Mm-hmm. If LeBron was never given a basketball, yeah. what would he have been? Exactly. Where would he have been? What would he have done? But he was given that. Same with Michael Jordan. What if you're the best water polo player of it, all time? That you, happens too. You've just never been exposed to it. It's just, it, it's just you get exposed to things probably based on your parents or lifestyle that you are where you are. <laughs> uh-huh. But those are, those are the people that take it to the next level. And kind of like your your makeup, whatever, kind of helps you fill that niche, right? Gets your interest and all that stuff points you in that but direction. But you also think about like, who is it? There's certain people who, I want to say it's Warren Buffett, could be wrong, yeah. but who does didn't become super successful until it's later in age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, who's that? Colonel, Colonel, what's his name? KFC guy. Colonel Sanders. <laughs> 78 right, or something like KFC, that yeah, yeah. before KFC yeah. happened mm-hmm. billionaire right. but how long did that take him mm-hmm. before and what did he do up to that exactly just, just trying, trying things right well, just, hoping and, and that's the whole thing I think that's the biggest thing that maybe that's just the mindset of an entrepreneur is that you realize that it's not going to happen today mm-hmm. it may happen tomorrow but in all likelihood it could not happen, but as long as you enjoy the ride along the way, that's what it's all about. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. I agree. The tough and that's, times. That's yeah. a tough thing to, to teach people or to even go through with people is that I may struggle or I may be super successful, but I don't really care either way. But that's because struggle. I'm yeah. going to still try. I'll just try something else mm-hmm. and I'll try again and I'll try again and I'll try again to be successful in what I'm doing in my life. Those, but those struggles also shape you. No, right? that's true. Like you learn things, you adjust, you become a different person right through experiences and yeah. stuff. So maybe it kind of guides you even more. Yeah. And it, I think that's the biggest thing, especially in our industry, is that we find a lot of people that are like, they're struggling. Mm-hmm. And they're doing everything oh, yeah. they can to just focus on the short term mm-hmm. of this industry. But the long term is what it's all about. And if you can't, have a long-term vision, you're not gonna. So get... would you would you say that like successful people are just better at seeing the long term, kind of? Whereas like um, maybe people that are struggling more are kind of just day to day. I think the most successful people in the world know that there there will always be a tomorrow. Mm. If that makes sense. So as it's long as not you, just about today. <clears throat> today may be a loss, but as long as you put the work in, you'll. It'll, Next step. As long as you put yourself in a position that if you work hard today, there mm-hmm. will be a tomorrow. Right. I think you'll be fine. And I think a lot of people are focused so much on just today. Mm-hmm. And if today doesn't work out, they're like, oh, shit, now yeah. what? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but. I, I know 
I 100% agree with you. Mm -hmm. I think that that's the biggest thing. And I don't think there's a lot of people out there who focus on that. I think a lot of people are really focused on just the like, but there's a lot of people who are, who are given everything. Yeah. You grew up with everything that if they failed, there's always somebody to catch them Mm -hmm. and they've never had to fail. Or if they, they just never had that. They've never had to struggle. They've never had to do stuff. They never like, Oh shit, I can't, what am I going to eat today? I can't, I got, well, I have a banana. Can I live off the banana? Like, can I get a free coffee tomorrow? Like there's people who don't, like in our world, that just doesn't really exist. Mm-hmm. It does. I mean, don't get me wrong. But we're in a world where if you believe it, it can happen. And if you want something, you can go make it happen. It's just you got to put in the fucking work to do it. It's interesting that both ends of the spectrum are, are crippling. Yeah. So like true. the low yeah. end, like if you're born in a super poor third world country. Yeah. It's extremely difficult to get out of that. Yeah. And on the other side, if you're born to like billionaires, you're just so entitled and miserable. Nothing will ever make you happy kind of thing. Whereas like, obviously the three of us born in like middle-class families in Canada, which is pretty fucking high up there in terms of the world status. But like you learn to be grateful for all those little things that you have. Whereas whether you're on the low end or the high end, it's almost like the same. I think if you're lucky enough like us, especially is that if you've been ingrained with the thought process that if you want something, you can do it. Mm -hmm. You just got to go do it. It's not going to be given to you. Mm -hmm. That's not everybody, especially in Canada, even in Canada. Mm -hmm. I mean, we may have three of us in this world, like here right now in this room that, believe that but that's the reason why in this simulation the three of us are together because mm-hmm. we believe that we believe that whether we're in different successes in our careers or different stages in our careers we all still believe in each other to get to where we want to go because we have mm-hmm. the same mindset and there's other people in the same careers and what we're doing that are just like hating life why am i doing this doing something super wrong but still doing it or they failed and walked away like that we were saying 14,300 realtors in the city it's gotta be a and like now. a few months ago 10,000 of them had zero deals and of course a lot of those people just are holding a license to hold a license for friends and family or for the like I'm a realtor but what are the actual numbers? I don't know. But going through what we're going through, like, you got to think like, holy shit. I must have gone through my last 10 deals dealing with people that I'm like, oh my God. I'm holding people's hands through transactions. <clears throat> what is that I'm teaching? writing people's <clears throat> deals for them. Like, you're not doing this right. Where are you going with this? I feel bad because I know my fiduciary duty is to my client, but holy Christ, you should probably not be that person's agent. <laughs> and maybe I shouldn't say that, but. Do you think, okay, again, I'm going to like look big picture. Do you think this is just like a weird challenge that the simulation is putting you through? I think. To, yeah. To one, learn. Yeah, because oh, it's a ridiculous learning experience going yeah. through a slow market. Yeah. 
But two, to educate or to be like a helper? I think that if there was ever a time to learn to be successful or to, to become successful in this, like, let me say this again. If you can become successful in the last three years that I've been a realtor, you're going to be you're okay. Because when the market gets to where it should be, and it'll always kind of go in circles, I know that the, my last three years have not been the best years that Vancouver's had. And I've had to struggle, but I've always had the focus because of the other stuff that I've done in my life. And I've learned and I've become a little bit more successful at it. And I've seen what other realtors are doing. I'm glad. Oh, I'm so glad that this is what has been thrown at me because if I can survive this, then fuck. But what do you, what's the key in a slow market to moving through it, to getting through it? Well, the ultimate key is patience. It's patience and it's seeing the big picture. But pull yourself out a little bit farther. So yeah. we're talking about long-term thinking. Yeah. In a slow market, sure, we're doing deals weekly. Yeah. But what are we doing outside of deals to build brand long-term? Rather than thinking, where's my next deal coming from? No, are we thinking, yeah, where's the next 20 years from it coming from? It's, it's relationships and it's communication with, with other clients. And, and whether there are clients or other clients is that we're creating a rapport that people trust in us with our information that we're giving them. Mm -hmm. Because we may be giving them information that they don't like, but then they start to realize that that was the right information. Whether it's mm -hmm. today or tomorrow, they understand that we're, we have their best interests at heart. We don't have our best interests at heart. We could just tell them whatever we want and have probably 200 listings right now. That's a bit excessive. Well, <laughs> think about it for a second. Maybe it's not 200, but we're not trying to, we're, we're actually giving people the realistic outcome of where we are right now here today. Mm -hmm. And by giving them that now, it's up to them to make that choice of whether they believe in us. But how many people have we had who a few months down the road say, okay, mm -hmm. I tried it with this other realtor. It's not working out with them. What do you think now? And we have to go back and have a different conversation because mm -hmm. the market has shifted and people are so focused on just like trying to get what they can for the short term. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I just like looking at the opportunity in any situation. So well, yeah. slower markets to me mean one, we have more free time so we can... Yeah. We can improve the things that we don't do well currently, yeah. which there's a handful of things that we're working on right now, like reaching out to past clients more often, mm -hmm. like building a new website because ours is fairly dated in our opinion, like improving social media. There, so there's, and starting podcasts and things like that. So obviously starting a podcast today is not a return on investment tomorrow. No. It's like a 20 year, like it's a long term yeah. thing that one day will, again, it's just like building content on Instagram and Facebook and 
yep. platforms on it on the internet. For me, it's just it's a great opportunity and a slower slower market to build brand long term. And I think a lot of agents are looking at it so, so short term right yeah. now, thinking, "Oh shit, 2019 sucks. What am I going to do for 2020?" Yep. Whereas we're like. Let's get through 2019 because we're going to fucking crush it in 2025. Yeah, that's what I mean. You're you're focused on always looking forward and building the small blocks along the way for the future. And yeah, it's it's a struggle right now, but it's, I mean, what is a struggle, right? I mean, a struggle for us, how many Mm -hmm. deals have we done this year as a team? 83, 84. Yeah, fuck. If you were to tell that to somebody, they'd be like, holy fuck. What's the average realtor do, do in a year? Maybe four to six? Maybe? Mm-hmm. Like, we've done a shit ton of deals, but it's not about that. And that's in a small declining market where there's a lot going on. But we've built a lot of, a lot of reputation and a lot of, a lot of trust. Where I really think that when the market gets to that point where we're like, okay, we're back to, you know, 2016, 2017, it's that market that went, those clients that went through the tough time are really going to refer us and give us that referral because they, we help them through a really tough time and they know that no matter what, we're going to really help people through that great time. So like once again, you guys are planning for the future, right? Always. You're not you're not really worried about what's going on right now. We're but. Always, yeah. <clears throat> we stay in the present, mm-hmm. but it's not a sprint. No, for sure. And there's a lot of agents who are like, say something comes up and they have a client and <clears throat> like they find a place, they will try to stuff something down your throat that they think that is right. And you need to be realistic and say, be realistic to that other agent. Like, listen, right. I see where you're coming from, but listen, this is we've priced our place where we know the market is right now. So don't try to come $150,000 below. Where you, where did you get that number? Right. Because like some, like, you're saying some realtors would be desperate to sell, right? That's kind of where, it, where it's coming from? Well, yeah. Some realtors are really focused on just like, I need this deal just to happen numbers, so that yeah, that's yeah. the next paycheck. Mm-hmm. But some of them just aren't educated in in the market that we're in, and they may be from Abbotsford buying in New West, right. like just don't know. Mm-hmm. But they're taking their clients' thought process. Like this place is five hundred thousand dollars. The market's shit. Give them three hundred thousand. Where did you come up with that number? Well, my client said I need to write that. Well, maybe you should have educated your client and say like I mean that's just me being really petty. I have to go wash them. <laughs> you talk about my pettiness. I still want to hear Carl's opinion on the simulation. Oh God, back to the simulation. I just, if it's a simulation for you, what's going on with the other 7 billion people? Are they also living one? But who's to say that that 7 billion is just not one simulation? What do you mean by that? I mean... Maybe there's a million different seven billion simulations. Yeah, but then who's the real person? Are they all just like avatars, like I was saying earlier? Could be. 
And it goes so deep. Right? Like maybe you were put into my life to like start this podcast. <laughs> I'm not even real. I just disappear as soon as <laughs> I walk out the front door. <laughs> have you ever thought about it like that though? Yeah. Before today. I like that. Like, yeah, I have 100%. So what thought process do you go through? I just, I just, I just, I can't separate like, why am I living through a simulation? Wouldn't everyone else be living through one also? Like, but just, maybe everyone else is living through their own. But like, then some, some people's simulations just suck. Could be. If you're born in a third world country, you know? But maybe they're, okay, one option is, yeah, it could be. Mm-hmm. Could be like there's a, in the last 200 million years, mm-hmm. there's been 200 million Carls. Right. And every single time you're in a different situation and it's just like, what's the outcome? Right. And you think you're living 90 years or whatever, but it's actually like six minutes right. of time. In the real world. Right? Yeah. And maybe there's a million different or a billion different Carls. Mm-hmm. There's Amy's and Lucas's and whatever. <laughs> or mm-hmm. maybe this is the first one of of all time. Right. So we're right? the ones that are supposed to build the machines. It could be. But the probability of this being the first and only right. reality right. is pretty small when you look at it like that, right? So how do we find out who's going off the balcony after this? <laughs> <laughs> no, but okay. But that's one of the things that Joe yeah. Rogan says is like, <laughs> we've learned all these things that Chester. like, if I shoot you, if I shoot you, yeah. you die. Yeah. Yeah. If Just I jump off the balcony, I die. Okay, so there's rules to kind of the simulation. But it seems like... But what happens they, to that person who does that? Who happens to the person who gets shot? And who happens to the person who jumps off the balcony? Do you or, ever meet the real you? Or, hold on, hold on. This is even better. Do you think those people who are getting shot and jumping off balconies are just in the simulation to teach us that oh, you can't do that? Fuck me. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, 100%. But then again, I feel like back. we could have so many conversations yeah. about this. There's who's so many ways to go. Who was just put in to be in your world and who's an actual real simulation? Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw up, guys. This is crazy. I, it's so interesting, though, right? Yeah. Well, I love the thought of it because if you can't think like that, then... I mean, again, maybe it's wrong to think like that for some people, but, but I, mean, I love that thought process because... What I okay, what I loved about it, it is that to look I've to. had those thoughts in my head. Yeah. So it's super interesting to hear someone on a platform like Joe Rogan yeah. talk about it who's super educated. Mm-hmm. And then I pull it back to my life and think, okay, well, I've thought all these things before. Let's think about it even bigger. Yeah. And then I want to hear other people's opinions on it. Fuck. So how do you break the simulation? Well, that's the thing is are we in the simulation or not? Right. Are, the, are we the one reality? <laughs> are we the one reality that we, builds the Millions and millions and millions of simulations that will uh, follow us. Fuck, I don't know. I think Chester needs to go for a parachute ride. <laughs> Dude, don't break Chester. <laughs> will he break? I'll jump before Chester jumps. Chester is not jumping. Is he jumping though? Mm-mm. It's a simulation. We don't know. Mm-mm. 
You imagine if you just threw a rock out that window and it just like bounced off a screen? No, I, I have done that. Fuck. I have done that. And it doesn't end you well. You throw rocks off your balcony? <laughs> rocks. I don't want to admit what I've done. There's been projectiles off the, off the balcony. But that's, like, and, that's, and they do smash. They do. Yeah. But maybe that's a simulation. That's maybe the that's simulation. the guy. So gravity is a constant. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's teaching I me like a lesson. I like the thought right? process though. Like, I like that there's three of us in this room right now who are on the same wavelength of that process because it's just... I, and I'm not advocating that this is no, 100% fact, right? No, and we're All not. I'm saying is that I think it's a legitimate possibility. But isn't this what religion is? You're just like kind of trying to figure out the bigger picture of why we're here? Well, yeah, you're just... You're, you're, you're looking back in the past and trying to create what potentially could be a future. Mm -hmm. Isn't that what religion is trying to prohibit, though? What, the Trying future? to suppress? Is what, change? Or the idea of technology, the idea that... No, well, well, Scientology, is that technology? I don't know anything about Scientology, I so I can't comment. <laughs> Tom um, Cruise. I know specifically Catholicism, really, Christianity. <laughs> but, like, Christianity is, like, you live one it. life, you die, then you go to heaven. Whereas, like, if it's all simulated, if, if there was one reality a million years ago, and now there's billions of simulations... You're living millions and millions of different lives in different, whatever, social categories in different, like, life forms and whatever. Yeah. So it's almost the opposite of religion. Well, Or just completely different. Religion, religion is really just, like, a, a, a cult following that has a ton of people who say this is the way oh, it's you need to live your life. But mm -hmm. that's not what we're saying. We're just saying we're open to the thought process that there is something bigger that is more of a, a simulation than a, an actual just living your life and this is it. I really wish I was a professional golfer though. <laughs> fuck. But maybe dude. the next one you will be. Maybe in like yeah, three and a half minutes from now. This one? Oh. Right? It may have taken me 40 years to become a golfer in three minutes. <laughs> Now we know Lucas's true passion. <laughs> he doesn't give a shit about real estate. He just wants so to be a golfer. <laughs> I just want to be a professional golfer. <laughs> Fuck. No one. What has this crazy slow market taught you? Um. You know what? This is. It's taught me to be more, well, patient, but also. To not be, uh, it, it's, I don't know, fuck, I don't even know what you would say. Like, it's, every single deal that I've had this year has been a bigger production. I would wait, like, last year this time, you put something up, open house, Monday you take offers, you get accepted offers, a lot of them are subject free, you move on to the next one. Now it's about communication and building rapport with your clients and making sure that your clients understand through your communication of what's going on, showing them the reality of where the market is and, and making sure the expectations are all relative. If that makes sense. And like, I think if it's taught me anything, it's just taught me, it's taught me how to be more more realistic with my clients and, and how to be more patient with, with those who I'm working with. Let's talk about communication. Cause I think that's been extremely important yeah. this year. 
-hmm. in any normal. I don't think this is a slow market. I think this is a normal real estate market. I don't know any different, but I still don't think that this is a slow market. This is normal. Yeah, sure. Regardless of what industry you're in, if whether you're selling fucking, I don't know, 0.5 millimeter pencil, click pencils. Do they still have those, Carl? Does there sales people for that? Mechanical pencils. Can I do it on the side? Mechanical pencils. Thank you, Carl. Wow. Or speed boats or houses. Mm -hmm. Communication is super important. Yep, 100%. The biggest thing I've learned in the last few years, I'd say last two years, I'd say I've gotten really good in the last year, but in the last two to three years, I've understood that it's different, is that every single listing appointment, every single conversation is completely different. Yeah. So if you're a salesperson, whether you're in real estate or speedboats or clickable pencils, if you have an agenda or what is the right word for a script? A script? I don't know. If you have some sort of script going into a presentation, you, you will that. always fail. Yeah, you can't do that in this market. It, it, it's not in this market, but I think for us in it's general. It's sales, though. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter what the market is. No, that's just it. Is that it made me mean you are the same in the fact that like I don't go in with a script. You don't go in with a script. We go in and we listen to I what's go in going with on. I the complete with... opposite. Yeah, 100%. I wing everything. I do, too. That's exactly how I am, is I'll go in and we'll just shoot the shit, see what happens, we'll wing it, we'll listen to their needs, and then we'll refine the conversation because it's really about where are they going. We already know the numbers. So we're coming in with an educated guess, not guess, but educated answer on what their place is, where we are, what the market is, what's been selling, what hasn't been selling, what it's been selling for, we already know the numbers. We're, we do this day in and day out, but we're going in and we're listening to our customers. We're saying, hey, how are you? What's going on? How'd you hear about us? I want, okay, I want your thoughts on this. Yeah. This is the way I approach every single listening appointment. Mm-hmm. Start with questions. So I want to yeah. know what's important to someone. 100%. So, Often I'll ask them, is this the first time you've sold something? Yeah. If the answer is no, I am extremely excited to hear what their last experience was like. Yeah. So my next question is, when was your last sale? What was your last experience like? So they'll be like, well, we sold a condo six years ago. We either really enjoyed the experience because of ABC, or we really did not like the experience. We didn't feel like... The communication was very good from the agent. We felt like blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So you have a little bit of a plan, though, kind of what you want to go My through. only plan, Carl, well, yeah, going into a listing appointment really is listening to, to ask a couple questions early yeah. and then go off of whatever they say. Right, right. Okay. So, yeah. for example, condo in Burnaby a couple weeks ago. The first question was, have you sold before? Yes. Amazing. What was your last experience like? We weren't really happy with uh, the communication. We were on market for like three, four months. We felt like we did, we did a bunch of open houses, but we didn't really know what was going on, whatever, whatever, whatever. So in my head, I'm thinking, great. What we do really well is communicate with people. So as soon as we walk out of a showing or walk out of an open house, 
were texting or emailing, whatever they really like, the seller of what happened. So let's say open house, six people came through. Most of the groups were young couples or there was a couple older couples, whatever. They said they really liked your view, but they didn't like that there was carpet in the living room, like whatever it was, but just relaying feedback right away. So I know that we do that really well and I know that that's important to them. So I'm mentioning that right away. If they say something like, I don't know, the agent had the listing on lockbox. We felt like they weren't really present very often, whatever, whatever. I'm saying, amazing. We don't use lockboxes. We show up for every single showing. We feel like it's really important to educate people as they come through the door on what is happening in the neighborhood, where the nearest coffee shop is, where the schools are, whatever. So my whole listing appointment is based on what that person says in that first one to three questions. Let's say maybe they thought the agent doesn't really use the internet. They didn't market that well. We felt like we could have got more exposure. Perfect. That's what we, you know, that's where your focus is going to go. Exactly. Right. So I'm going to talk about what we do well, regardless, but in a one hour meeting, if someone says they really felt like their last experience was poor communication, I'm going to spend a lot more time on communication and how we do that well. Yeah rather than our social media ads. Whereas if someone is younger demographic and really values online representation of their property, I'm going to spend more time on what we do there. And that's, that's the ultimate thing is a a lot of companies in this industry who folk, they just do one thing. That's it. They just like, this is how we do things. A, B, and C. We do things like, yeah, A, B, and C or CBA. Like it's, it changes per client per need, per place, per neighborhood, per complex. Like it it really does depend on, hey, this complex is really going to be a downsizer complex. That's just what this drives. But we know it well. We've been here a thousand times and we've sold here a million times. Like we know that this complex is going to draw this person. Mm. This is who we're going to market to. But we can't do our marketing through this. Or, hey, like this is where we're going to focus on because we know it's going to be a first-time home buyer who's going to be a younger person. We're going to focus heavy on on, on Facebook and social media ads. Like it's, it's completely different. Well, that's a good example that we get as a concern often is that we're younger people in the industry. Yeah. We're in our 30s. And if someone yeah. is selling, let's say we're meeting with a, like a 60-year-old couple yeah. that is selling a condo that 80% chance the buyer is going to be an older downsizer couple. One of their concerns is like, how do you attract older people? You're 30. You don't have those types of clients. And our, so in that first question, we're understanding like what they want, what they're looking for in a realtor. And then we're expressing that, yes, well, we have social media to target specific demographics of who we think the buyer is going to be. Let's say it's 45 plus for this building. We can spend, send out a specific ad targeted to 45 plus that is looking in this area. Also, this is our neighborhood of expertise. Like we know every single agent in this area. Mm-hmm. A lot of people that are selling homes and wanting to downsize to these condos live in this area and they want to stay in this area. So we're emailing every single agent that we know in this area, which is all of them because we work this area. You know, like, so we're just, we're, specifying targeting our listing appointment, our sales pitch, our, you know, all the things we do well 
we're picking up on what people say to us and we're expressing how we do those things well Mm -hmm. rather than just like going through hey this is how what i do for marketing hey this is how i run my social media this is how i run open houses yeah you're not going with just like the blank like this is it this is how we do things you're going we're willing to adapt to every customer there is because we know that that's how to be successful in this industry right to be successful in this industry is yeah you want to be you want to you want to have communication but at the same time you need to understand that every client has different needs mm-hmm. and that's that's what i really feel a lot of agents don't have the absolute most important thing i've learned about sales in the last five and a half years mm-hmm. is listening is the most important thing by far mm-hmm. nothing else is even close no it's true zero things are close marketing is not close no negotiating is not close no it's true anything is not close listening is the most important thing by far yeah no and i 100 percent agree i really think that i mean our clients range from 19 to 85 exactly like it's that's a huge ass range (laughs) like the 85 year old really wants you to put an ad in newspaper but you really have to make them understand that like newspapers are non-existent, but <laughs> in this market or in this yeah. industry, but what we're going to do is we're going to market to that downsizer of this place who's going to look at this in a specific marketing aspect and build that trust and understand it. Just, they need to know what's going on every second of every day. So you have to talk to them four or five times a day. Like, hey, this is what's going on. This is what's going on. This is going on. And it's not, I don't mind doing that. Like, mm-hmm. I like it because I'm always in communication with them. How are you doing? What's going on? I'm going to come by the care home and drop off some wine. Do you think that 85-year-old was put in our simulation just to test us? I wonder that sometimes. I do wonder that. And then I get into the conversation with them, and I'm like, yep, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see how you fucks do with a newspaper ad. <laughs> Can you imagine? When's the last time we did a newspaper ad? Have you done a newspaper ad? I feel like newspaper ads still have like a sell section, right? Yeah, I know. That is so out of my yeah. world. <laughs> You're paying what, a hundred bucks? More to, than that. I think it's okay, more than that. Let's say five hundred dollars to put a newspaper into fire and light it <laughs> like nobody's know. looking at that remember auto trader we have people do you call remember auto all the time do you buy auto trader or buy a truck anymore or a car no do i try do i buy cars i buy cars yeah Yeah, but do you look on auto trader no i don't do you buy the yeah exactly it doesn't exist no yeah you don't do it why would you buy your house through a newspaper right this is where i'm getting at sorry simulated Carl, I'm I'm serious, man. I've thought about this a lot. And this podcast put into perspective for me that this is a legitimate problem. So you just come home after work and you're just like, oh my God, we're in a simulation. simulation. <laughs> I'm fucked. No, I don't think that. Like, I think I, I still get to decide. This? Yeah. No, I, I do think I still get to decide. But I think that just there the back is a mind. high possibility that things were put around me to mm-hmm. put me into where I am now. So like if sometimes you get tested and you kind of realize it, mm-hmm. that's deep. 
You don't think that? Am I, I the only know. fucking one out there that thinks this shit? I need to listen to a podcast, dude. Fuck. Joe, Joe really, really was aggressively thinking that this is reality. Oh, yeah. He's just, he's so open-minded, right? That's, to me, seems fairly closed-minded, though. To thinking that you were in to a thinking simulation? That this, no, no, no. The, to thinking that this has to be reality. Basically, his mm. position was, I need evidence to show me that this could possibly be a simulation. Whereas my thought is, I think it's extremely op- like realistic that it could be a simulation. It's just like the perfect simulation with no glitches, no nothing, eh? But you have to think, right? If, our, if we are the actual reality in... 10,000 years from now, how ridiculously good is technology going to be that there's right. like, there's no, glitch if there. there's a glitch, it's going to be so you tiny that it. someone like me or you wouldn't even notice it. Oh, it's a coincidence or whatever. Yeah. Right. That's the person who jumps off the bridge. Right. <laughs> the glitch. I have the answers. <laughs> the glitch <laughs> gets pushed off the bridge. Sorry. I feel like we need to talk about this more. I feel like we need I to get an AI like a, specialist on the podcast, Carl. Fuck, can I, I be like, here for this? No, I'll, I'll be a bystander and just kay. like chirp. Okay. What the fuck, motherfucker? <laughs> what? what the fuck? Who is this guy? <laughs> What's that mean? That would be me. You're just going to yell at us? Hmm. The specialist. You're just going to be simulated to I just think chirp. I lying us. right now. <laughs> My name is Chester, not Lucas. Okay. I don't know. I'm making sure I'm... Just fucking unplugs himself. Like, <laughs> Could you imagine? It's Lucas just jumps off the thing right? in the corner. Jumps off the patio. <laughs> I'm testing this out. I'll tell you after. <laughs> oh jeez, not happening. Guys. <laughs> just saying. We should wrap it up. It's getting sloppy. I think it might be. So let's talk about Seattle afterwards. Okay. Let's wrap it up. Cool. I want to hear everyone's thoughts on this, though. What? This is super interesting to me. I feel like I'm going to bring it up quite often. Please please don't get lost. Can I ask you a question? Why did you bring it up to me? Or you just thought about this tonight? I've thought about it for a decade, at least. Why did you bring it up to me? But Yeah, this is the first time I've heard about this, too. You never really brought it up before. Yeah, I've I've brought up that I felt like I was in a game show. Hmm. And that was my super small minded way of thinking of it. But mm. listening to that podcast, I listened to the podcast and then like literally started it over and listened to the whole thing again. Cause it was so interesting. Cause I always think about things that happen or are happening for a reason. So I'm wondering why you brought it up to me when I've thought about this before. So is it just coincidence or is it the simulation? Maybe we're both part of Carl's simulation. Fuck. I don't know. Fucking so I I I I here. <laughs> Carl's like, I'm wasting my life on you idiots. <laughs> I don't get paid enough for that shit. <laughs> like when Russell Wilson's fucking simulation. Holy fuck, that guy's simulation. Why didn't he become Russell Wilson? What the fuck? But maybe he's not real. He's True. just part of your simulation. Right? Can you imagine every game that somebody plays Madden with is like one of the millions of simulations that Russell Wilson is actually alive in? <laughs> totally could be. Holy Jeez. fuck. It could be, right? And we're just a part of Sims world? Dude, our entire world is just a fucking project of a science student from an alien. Yeah. 
And he Remember? gets a D on the project. Like, oh, that <laughs> fucking sucked. Well, maybe that's where Earth motiva- A was terrible. We're going to Earth B. Maybe that's where motivation comes from, though. Is that I don't know. You're put in a simulation where there's people that are so, achieving more than you. Here's a quick question: Do you ever think that, like, do you ever have this thought process? You go to I don't want to say. I'm just gonna say it right now. For example, you go to like thrifties or Save on Foods, mm-hmm. and you're at the checkout. Mm-hmm. And you're like, that person hates their fucking life. Yeah. Like he's mad, he's bitchy, and he's mad at you because you didn't pull something towards or whatever the case may be. And you're like, why are you here? We're in, a, we're in a world that you can do whatever you want with your life. It's not hard. If you want to do something, if you want to make more mm-hmm. money, if you want to do something else with your life, but what is just, it? Hold on. What does that make you think for yourself, though? Because for me, it makes me think that I'm really lucky to have this no, train of thought yeah, yeah. that I can push myself to get better. Right? It does. It, no, and I, if I hate my life, I will do other things yeah. to make myself happier. Right? Yeah, but there is a part of me, that, and I, I think the same thing as you, but it's a part of me that's like, fuck, I feel bad because I feel like, I, I don't know why. I, I feel sometimes, maybe it's not that person, but maybe it's other people in my life that I'm like, Fuck, you can, be, you can do so much more. And you've always wanted to do this. Why are you not fucking doing this? I can't be the one to make you do this. And But why are you not doing this? You're, you have the skill set to do it. And I think I see that in other people that are angry and hating life and doing this stuff and are at those stores or whatever. And you're like, fuck, you just settled for this. But I see in them my other friends who aren't where they need to be. But I can't be the one that to tell them or. To but why do you them. think they need to be somewhere else? Like, because I know they're not happy. I know for a fact that some of them are not happy. They're not where they want to be. But why is it up to you to decide? No, it's not up to me to decide. I'm saying that's not up to me to decide. I'm saying. That I know that they would be so much better if they make that decision for themselves to make that choice. Okay, backtracking slightly. Yeah. What if they were put in your simulation <laughs> to push you to keep wanting to progress? That's true. Then I'm good. I'll keep moving forward. Again, I don't know. Thanks, Sensei Duma. If, if I was to look at the percentage, I would probably at this point in my life say, reality, 50% possibility of simulation. Yeah, I can. But it's really easy to look at those types of situations and think they were just put here to keep me going forward. Mm. I like it. Right? Yeah. I like it. Do you think your ability to see that is, is nature or nurture? What do you think? Do you think you just... No, I think that Denny and I come from... Two totally different backgrounds, though. I think it is nature and nurture. Like, Denny, you come from how many? Five kids? Well, I think my nurture pushed me the opposite way. So I think this is my ability, uh, nature-wise, to pull myself out of the nurture. I was never Because the nurture to me was so conservative, so close-minded. So that's a negative aspect. And your nurture got you out of that, you're saying? I think so. My nature got my nature got me out of yeah, it, which is different right. for me. I'm right. an only child, so I hadn't. I grew up just like having to take care of myself. As soon as I was ten, uh, twelve years old, I was living on my own, and like, that teaches you problem solving skills. Sorry, 14 years so old, your upbringing pushed you into 
So you're just more nurture, independent, and on your own. I right? don't know. I had to, I just had to be on my own. I had yeah. no choice but mm-hmm. to like, oh, I hear mom calling me. But that's nurture, go. right? Like, your ex- external factors. Uh, yeah, you're not having a choice. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, so completely opposite, opposite of you. I think so. That's very interesting. Which both brought us to the same kind of different, same kind of mindset, which is cool. The simulation does not mess around. <laughs> I like it. I like the simulation. That's it. Mind blown. Carl's mind's blown. We. I think we're out. Uh... <laughs>